0: Brought to you by Create2Media. It's the Father-Son Talk Sports Show. Here's your host, Pauly e. C. Welcome back, everyone, to the Father-Son Talk Sports Show. This your boy, Paul, here with Dad to me, Paul, to you. Hey, everybody. Hey, what's going on, Pop? How you feeling, man? Man, I'm good, man. What about yourself, man? man taking it easy, taking it easy. Um, you know, I had a pretty good day today. Um, got my run in. You know, I got to get my three miles in at least um was able to you know work on the book a little bit so and, and then we did some prep work for this show Um just trying to you know do the best job that we can like you always said putting in that work you know what i'm saying
1: no effort you don't get nothing <laughs> <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. that simple <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, i mean here you had time to go get your fresh cut man looking good over there man
1: Man, thanks, man, thanks, you
0: thanks. You know, what I'm saying so. You know, Kev did his thing. You know, if I had, to, yeah. I would go see Kev, but you know, I, I can't go see Kev without no hair, man.
1: Man, listen, man, I'm not far behind you, son. So don't worry about it. <laughs> Pretty soon we won't. I won't need it either.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Dad. No, no, it's crazy. So you, you say like, like it's like a work in progress, huh? It, 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 it's working. What
1: it's a work I, in progress, baby. I, 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 <laughs>
0: I see it. Hey, um, so how how's he doing? How's how Kev doing, man?
1: Man, he was doing good, man. Right. You know, just everything
0: I know, you know, Kev's our barber. Um, he cuts my dad's hair sometimes at the shop, sometimes at the house. But dad said he get the best cuts at the at the shop. So
1: Absolutely, yeah, so you had to make- absolutely uh, perfect, perfect. lighting. I told, yeah. that,
0: I told him that in person too, so I don't feel bad. I said, Yeah, I, um, you know, dad said you do your best work at the shop,
1: absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt. See, check that, out. <laughs> I know, I,
0: I, I, I mean, like I said, I mean, here, so I mean, you know, results speak for themselves, results, um, speak for themselves. He was talking about, um coming through um, one of these weeks and putting some steaks on the grill. Um, so I said, okay, well, steaks. He was like, "See so y'all coming through? I said, yeah, um, we'll make it through. I'll find a way to get Sean out there. He was like, all right, because I'm put some steaks on the grill. He said, that's going to be good. I said, okay.
1: All right. Oh, Yeah. We've been talking about um, putting some tomahawk um, yeah, steaks tomahawk. on it for a while. A tomahawk. So, um, yeah, I look forward to that. Uh, my birthday is coming up, too. So, you know, a tomahawk is never bad for a birthday, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then here, I mean, so you ain't talked about your birthday much, though. You You ain't told me what you would. Um, so
1: when you start getting when you start getting my age, son, you don't talk about birthdays very much, man.
0: <laughs> you just won't take it. Just take it as it comes. Take it as you it
1: just come. take it as it comes, baby. That's all I can say, man. That's um, it.
0: Well, I mean, I think me and mom, we got some mom um, tricks up our sleeves. Something that we could do um, that that you would like. Um, so you know, you check some stuff out. Later oh, on. yo!
1: You all always have something up your sleeve, so I know it. I believe me, I already know something.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I hear. I, I think it'll work. I, I really do. I, I, think. I think it'll work. I think you'll like it. Um, okay. You know, it should all it should all work together. Um, but we have been working. We actually had, um, at Dizzle's Birthday, oh, Dizzle's my sister, by the way. Um, just in case anybody knows, her name is Kayla, but I've always called her Dizzle. I've called her Dizzle since she was born, yeah. yeah, I've always called her Dizzle, it just is what it is. But, um, at her birthday dinner, we actually had um, kind of a little bit of a meeting about the show that we're going to present today. Uh, we were pretty excited about it, but it is titled Spoke the um, Sports Culture Divide. So among everybody, um, you know, sports culture divide, we're kind of at a crossroads. And that's what we were thinking, um, you know, that when we came up with this show, Um, you want to explain your title a little bit, because, you know, you kind of pioneered that title um, just so that we could try to figure out exactly uh, what we mean.
1: Well, actually, when um, when I coined or we coined um, that um, headline, it it had to do with an um, actual divide that needs to take place or that is what i mean by that is is that when you when you make it in professional sports you have to make a divide between where you came from some of the people that were associated with it Mm-hmm. Um the culture and the way that you have to to deal with life and to deal with social media, especially in the social media um realm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's different and it's it's a social my culture shock to a lot of African Americans or to a lot of people, period. Mm-hmm. Because it, you have to change the way that you that you behave in, and the way that your that your life or Um, the way that you absorb culture or your, our culture, your culture. Yeah. So it's a divide between that and having to keep yourself um, together where you can market yourself and that you can actually explore brand new avenues. But if you, if you can't get the culture out of it or to to divide your time, I always call it like knowing what time of day it is. Mm -hmm because in every profession i don't care where you what you what you're doing you have to divide and you have got to know what time of day it is so that you 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 drop the urbanics or you drop certain things that are innate in your culture when it comes to the vocabulary or actions or whatever and you know what time of day it is where you have to put on a different hat so, so that's the line that I'm talking are about.
0: you saying that we I say we, but just our culture in general, are you saying that we have to to conform to the corporate court um, culture in, in every aspect? I mean, not just professional sports, but I'm talking about, you know, in the business room um, everywhere. You know, is that something that, you know, we just have to conform to? Um, where we have to change the way, like you said, Ebonics, like the way we speak. We got to change the things that we do, change the people that we hang around. So is that like innately saying that what we or what our culture does is wrong or is it just saying that it's not accepted?
1: No, it's not saying that our culture is wrong or our culture is bad. And I don't even really think that taking it down the the racial lines is the all in all either because even in in caucasian or other cultures there's certain certain vernacular or certain actions or certain parts of the culture that it doesn't tend it or it does not how would i say It, it it it's not mainstream Because there's a mainstream American way that you have to present yourself, a mainstream American way that you have to talk, a mainstream American way that you should probably even look as far as your appearance or your dress. And it's different than wearing the cowboy boots that some Caucasians might do on a ranch. There's a time of day for everything. So, and it is a divide, especially I'm an inner city kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I come from inner city, Cleveland, Ohio. And um, as I grew up and I started going into the workforce and I went into the service, you know, there were certain things that I had to leave behind or I had to divide out of that space okay. because it was, it was no way for me to take the inner city into the the workplace or, or the boardroom or the office. Okay. There was no way that I was gonna take um, my vernacular um, to the military where the military has all races of all type of people in it that absorbed into the military. But yet there was only a certain way I had, I had to divide, I had to take out a certain amount of the vernacular that I used on the streets.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was improper for use in that setting. That's what I mean by time of day. You got to know where you're at. You got to yeah. know what time of day it is. Yeah. And that's what that means.
0: I mean, I, I, I can see that. I can understand that. But so, how does that translate over to the situation that John ja Morant finds himself in, um, not being available right now to the Grizzlies for obvious reasons? Everyone has read the story. About him um, brandishing a gun on a um, Instagram live uh, video um, late at night, you know, after you know, after a club or anything like that, so. So how does that necessarily apply to him? So are you basically saying that everything that he thinks is cool, because he's young. I mean, we've all been young before. He's young. Everything that he thinks is cool is not acceptable at the level he's at right now, because he's at a level where he's in position to make major money. He has a shoe branded after him. And, you know, so he can't take that mentality to where he's going. Is that what you're
1: saying? Absolutely. I mean, there's no way that that he can take. First of all, he is in a position that is completely different than anything that I've ever been through. I mean, he he's already worth over two hundred million dollars. He has uh, he has an opportunity to produce and to make generational wealth for his kids and his kids kids and his grandkids kids he has an opportunity and he has a form that's huge where you have young kids african-american uh or or whatever that look up to him he has a huge form in this country mm-hmm. the nba is a huge business the nba expects for you not to to hurt that brand in any way. And he has to understand that. I can imagine, the first thing I thought about when um, when I heard this story was I, I thought about my kids and that they were blessed with an opportunity like that. But yet, they still didn't understand how they had to adhere to the wealth or to where they are in society. What I mean by that is if my son made a video and he projected it on Instagram to the country with a firearm in a nightclub, there would be no limits to what I would say, as a matter of fact, I don't even know the words that would come out my mouth, but I would be so upset because he's putting himself down in a way that's completely disrespectful to the way that he has been raised.
0: Well, I would be well, yeah, but, but in my in my sense, you can say that. But what I'm saying is, is that in his sense, I mean, we don't know how he was raised. We don't know what type of upbringing he had. I mean, obviously, just looking at it, I can see like his father has some of the same mentalities as as he portrays. So all I'm saying is, that sometimes you become a um, a um, a subject to what you're around, what you're subjected to. So at the end of the day, you know, I mean, if this is what he sees, it's kind of hard for him to break free. So, I mean, the first thing I thought of was like a player like LeBron James and how he surrounded himself or he was surrounded with the right people right out of the gate so that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't under the gun. I mean, he had people that had his back. That you know took him to this place and made sure that he was safe and made sure that all this stuff was protected because he was, um, as my co-worker Gene says, he was the money. You have to always protect the money. You know, like like how are you gonna be surrounded by friends that don't protect the money? You know what I'm saying? So what he did was obviously it was stupid. And what he did, but he still he's young. He's looking for he's looking at what is cool right now, but that's not ultimately what's going to take him to where he wants to go. But being young, you can't necessarily see that. That's the reason why a lot of stuff gets done later in life, because like even like as I age, I'm able to look at things through a different lens than I did when I was younger. Um, just because I have the I have I have perspective I can look back and say okay well you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't say that um, but when you're young I mean you've been young before obviously you you don't you know that doesn't just come out naturally you know I mean you know when you're young unless you have those people around you like you were always there to tell me okay Paul, go this way, go that way, do this. But if you weren't there, then that means that I had to make my own mistakes. Just like you had to make your own mistakes because you weren't necessarily as as close. You see what I'm saying? Like you didn't have somebody tell you to go left, tell you to go right. Don't do this. Don't say that. So you had to figure that out by yourself. You see what I'm saying? Versus me getting the benefit of you having to have hit your head a couple times and then me having the benefit of having to hit my head a couple of times, I could tell Paul, you know what I'm saying? So it's, I think it's all it's all perspective, but it just sucks from, you know, a future earnings perspective because when I thought about it, it comes down to not just the earnings that he can get on a, on a um, generational level through the NBA, but any job that he was at, at, any high level, high ranking job, like we talk about a lot of times we talk about my job. We talk about any job, any job where you get to the top. I couldn't do the things that he just did. I couldn't even do them because there right. would be blowback. There would there would be blowback, but there needs to be somebody to tell me that there would be blowback. Unless I'm in the right circle or I have the right leader, then that's not possible. You know, <laughs> And I think that that's something that that was kind of hard for me to swallow.
1: I know. Um, I think his father's that father's name is T. Yeah. And I remember um watching a basketball game, um, it was against I think the Lakers, and he had gotten to a serious argument with uh, Shannon Sharp. Yeah, not smart. And it was absolutely it it was it was out of place. It wasn't smart. It was it it spoke. To that type of upbringing or that type of environment, that type of culture, yeah right. And see, that's something that cannot be that that cannot continue.
0: Yeah, but see, but it's prevalent though, and um I, I wouldn't just break it down as to just say our culture, but I mean most of you know the music that we listen to, um rap music, I'm talking about you know, young youth, um, young, black youth. That's what we listen to. And that behavior is prevalent in the verbiage of those songs. You see what I'm saying? That's what's cool. That's just what, oh yeah, this is what we do. But they're just those are just lyrics. They're just talking. They're not actually doing those things. You know what I'm saying? But you you get to a point where you know you got millions of dollars, you're 24, 23, and you take it literal because I mean it's just so cool. Because I couldn't imagine having a million so dollars and just being able to interpret a song that I think is cool in the real world with um, with that type of wealth, you know. I mean, here because you only could take the song as far as your money goes. You know what I'm saying? However long your money is, is how literal you could take that song. You don't you don't typically take that song out far. Like 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 you could do everything if you have limitations when it comes to money. He doesn't have any limitation when it comes to that. So that means that you don't have the respect that you need for people. Because why would you have it? Like I said, you you're a millionaire. You have just about everything that you want. So therefore, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't lend itself um, to that type of of attitude, you know, from him. I think that what that rap culture is um, part of what really makes it difficult um for for him to 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 really then that's what he said he struggles because that's what you listen to that's what you consume that's what you become you know what I'm saying and, and especially if you have no limitations when it comes to money then you just really become it because the the lyrics that you are rapping you're living
1: right and he can't afford to live that life
0: no his no. life yeah, not to get to where
1: he want to go. No. I mean, he just he just can't because there's no need in propagating it over and over again. I mean, we can look at Biggie Smalls. We can look at Tupac as an example of where that culture came into play and became deadly because we're actually, in some ways, talking about life and death. Think of it this way. If I was sitting up and I was beefing with um, John Moran in any way, and I sit up and watch him post a um, a video on Instagram where he's where he's brandishing a a weapon. There's no need for me to get in an argument with him. There's no need for me to f- try to fight him because I know a weapon is already part of that encounter. Yeah. So therefore, it. it it's nothing positive that could come out of that video. There's nothing positive.
0: Yeah, well, but but what I'm saying is that when you're young, you're not thinking about that. You're just thinking about when you're young. I'm just, well, I'm trying to use it in my terms. But when I'm young, when you're young, all you care about was what is cool. This is cool. This looks cool. This will come across as cool. Then you know, and you operate based off of that, whatever blowback you get, you just react to it. You know what I'm saying? But you, you know, you're not thinking about whether this is sound or not out of the gate. That's just not what you do when you have youth on your side, you know, when, when you're that young and you have that transcendent ability, that's just what you do. That's just who you are. You know what I'm saying? But if that's what your background is, but I don't even think it's necessarily background. I think it's really your it's really who you surround yourself with. Because, like I said, LeBron came from the hardest of of upbringings. I mean, he didn't have um, a silver spoon or anything like that, but he was always at every level surrounded by the right people to get the things done that he needed to get done, so that he could become LeBron James. Right. I'm saying John Morant is just surrounded by people that think that this is cool. Okay yeah do this now he got blowback, so you know obviously we have to he has to course correct he in order to continue, you must course correct and that's what he's doing right now, and I hope that he's successful at doing it because it, it's a, it's for it's unfortunate it's a it's a youth thing you know I mean he's just he's so young, but I mean obviously the right leaders aren't telling him what to do, and they're not leading him to success they're leading him he's the money. Like Gene said, he's the money and they're not protecting the money. Whoever well, I mean, is advising
1: him. I, mean I, I don't even necessarily look at it in monetized terms. I'm just talking about his 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 life, period. I mean, this could be really truly, uh, it's either going to be a learning moment for him where someone is going to take him to the side and explain this to him because this is a life lesson okay Uh, no regardless if you got fifty thousand dollars or or a hundred million dollars that is just something that you cannot do but this in his in his situation he has all of the resources of the nba that if he went back to the nba and to their security force they would handle anyone that has a problem with him. He has to surround himself by people, I mean with people, that are willing to protect him and that will protect him. The last thing that he should ever have to worry about is a physical or a um, a life and death encounter like that he has to understand that he has enough money where if he wants to kick it and he wants to party, he can do it. Um, he can he can sort of um, make his own um, party or whatever he wants. He can have it at his crib. He can have it wherever, VIP, you name it. But you cannot do what he's doing because he's going down a road that's going to lead ultimately to imprisonment, or something very, very
0: negative. He definitely has the course correct. And I think that he is going to be in the process of doing that. I just hope that that his leaders, the people that are around him, are able to see it. So it's not just a John Morant thing. It's his circle thing. His father needs to look at this. Everyone, every one of his friends that's all around him, just like the people that surrounded LeBron, need to look at themselves in the mirror and understand that he is the money. And he's only going to go as far as his circle allows him to go. Um, So with that said, Dad, we're going to take a quick break, man. We're going to take a 30-second break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to speak about Jalen Carter and what he's going through right now. It's the Father-Son Talk Sports Show. Welcome back, guys, to the show. Um, So, Dad, welcome back. Um, Welcome back, guys. We're just going to look at um, the situation that's going on with Jalen Carter. And I I think one of the things, um, you know, outside of Georgia and Ohio State, it's a serious matter going on down there, um, because we have another athlete, uh, prominent to be athlete, um, collegiate prominent athlete, that's about to be make some major waves in the NFL. um, That's coming under some scrutiny, and obviously. Um, at the loss of lives I mean it's never a good thing uh, when we talk about something like that um so dad what did you think about that Jalen Carter situation when you heard about it um how did it kind of go over uh, from there
1: well first of all um if you want to just suggest I mean address um Jalen Carter and and what happened there he should have never left the scene of of the accident period um you know, it's really, truly unfortunate that, um, that two people lost their lives. Um, I know, um, it's been rumored that alcohol or drug abuse wasn't, um, wasn't involved in it. And, um, and these were kids out basically being kids, being young people, you know, out racing vehicles and, and, um, and whatever. And, um, you know, uh, Kirby Smarter came out, um, the culture of Georgia to say that, you know, this isn't a systemic problem, you know. Um, this was basically just kids, you know, just just out messing around, you know. Um and it, it's it's just unfortunate. It, and this is another example of um of another another athlete, um, African American athlete um you know um not being cognizant of exactly where he is in life um not being able to see the future and and um you know all the riches and all of the popularity and everything that's right straight in front of him um it's part of a culture too you know i was um In the hood the other day and i was at um lee and harvard here in cleveland and um you know they had um the the at um the atvs they were racing them up and down the street fast and furious you know and um it's just troublesome um to to see a young man um you know, go through so much at a young age and um, I hate to say it, but it was actually because of the choices that he made. Um, yeah. You know, um, I mean, God bless him.
0: Yeah, I mean, here, and uh, the main thing I got from it, you know, I had a lot of conversations with people, um, you know, older people, young people, all, all people in between, and they all talked about, you know, oh, that was so stupid. How can you gonna do that? you about to be the number one draft pick. I don't understand how you did that. But if we all look back through that mirror, looking backwards at our lives, we all did some crazy stuff that was a couple of seconds away or a couple of inches away from being tragic. I mean, it just was. I mean, it was just, you know, God's will that it didn't happen that way. But ultimately you know we were all fortunate i mean it just in his case i mean it was unfortunate that it actually did happen and something like that's like i said something tragic happened but i remember when i was 20 something driving cars faster than they're supposed to go racing cars you know in the street doing things that you ain't got no business doing but at the same time like i said it's god's will nothing happened but in this case something did happen so i mean obviously the kids young I mean, there's there's more than enough time for him to recuperate. The only thing, like you said, that I was really um, taken aback by that I really kind of thought that um, he could have did a better job of, like I said, was telling the truth to the police and staying at the scene and not leaving. Because when you leave the scene like that, that's a that's a sign of, like I said, he feared. Like he saw what was in front of him, and he just saw it like vaporized, so he was like, "Man, I gotta go, but that's never the right decision when something like that happens. You know what I'm saying, and if I was an n f l if I was an n f l team i would that would be my line of questioning to him, not the mistake because anybody could have made the mistake, but how you rectified the mistake, you thought that it was a good idea to mislead mislead the cops. you thought it was a good idea to um to to leave. You thought that that was going to somehow absolve you of the situation. And that's where I think that uh, I have a problem, not necessarily with the action. Cause like I said, we all can make the action, but it was with how he dealt with it in the immediate aftermath of that mistake.
1: That yeah. Is- I mean, I, I look at it, um, you know, he had a teammate that died and then another um, team staffer that died in that accident. Those were the two individuals that, They perished. And I, I would think that if I got into an accident, I would check to see the condition of the people that were in the vehicle or the people that were in the accident, period. And see, I'm not sure that took place.
0: Well, it didn't take place. If he wasn't
1: there, it couldn't have taken well, But mean, see, that's, that's why I really it leaves it to be unexplainable in in a lot of ways. I, I understand. Well, okay. Uh, let me summarize it this way too. We we both we understand that these are young, young young men. Yeah. Um, uh, John Morant, Jalen Carter, you name it. These are young. These are young men. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. But they're also adults.
0: Yeah. But, but,
1: young, so, so there's a certain amount of culpability.
0: But young adults, though, not are, they're not, they're, they're not old adults. You know, I mean, like they're, they're young adults. Like we've all been 20. We've all been 20. We've all been 22, 21. And we don't necessarily do the most sound things. All I'm telling you is that by doing that, um, you know, it's it, it just it, – you lend yourself to mistakes. The mistakes are going to happen. They're just going to happen. Like, I, I, I don't – he's not immune. Like, like, stars die every day. Bad things happen to stars. Bad things happen to regular people. But at the end of the day, we're all people, and he's going to make a mistake. I don't want to write the kid off. I just hope that, like I said, he deals with adverse situations like that better in the future um, than he did right now. Because right now, you know, that wasn't a good look. Um, you know, going back and forth, you know, at the combine, then he got to go, you know, deal with this where I guarantee if he would have dealt with the head on, he wouldn't have had to do all that going back and forth. You know, I mean, he would have been able to just focus on his future um, versus dealing with his past because he didn't deal with it in the correct way. Um, So I definitely, you know, um, you know, and that's that's, that's pretty much is, you know, is what it is. I mean,
1: I understand all that, but it's like I said, it doesn't Absolve him of culpability. No. Um, and it and it just doesn't. I mean, I understand, I mean, believe me, I, I've done some stupid things. I'm talking about past stupid things, um, when I was younger. I, I did, and I understand, um, I understand that, but that does not diminish the culpability on his behalf for leaving the scene of that crime. Um, I can remember um, the unfortunate accident that took place with Henry Rhodes, yep. um, where I think that alcohol was a part of it, um, uh, probably a big part of it. Oh, but where tragically, tragically, someone lost their lives, yeah. and where um, they were also racing, mm-hmm. you know, and um, speed, speeding yeah, at a hundred and young, some miles an, an hour. And
0: dude, that, that's a young dude with a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. We, we, we got to understand that these people have a lot of money. And one thing that you always taught me was that money, all it does is bring out what's in you. Whatever's in you, money's going to bring it out faster because there's no roadblocks between whatever you're trying to do and whatever you have. So that, that's it. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't going home studying the playbook. He was out living life the way that he viewed it. And he made a mistake. And he's paying for that mistake. You know what I'm saying? But that stuff happens to regular people. It happens to everybody. Everybody deals with that. Um, so, but in other, in other news, though, uh, we actually, um, you know, because my man Keith up here, you know, he was talking about baseball because it is going into baseball season. And I'll our previous show, Keith, I want you to check out our previous show because we just went over the new rule changes for 2023 and um, how excited I am. And we are for um, for what's coming up, because ultimately, you know, um, it, 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 it shouldn't take four hours to play a game. It shouldn't take three and a half hours mm-hmm. to play a game. It's supposed yeah. to take, you know, two and a half, you know, kind of like an like NBA game or like a football game. It should be exciting. It should be entertaining. Um, it's not exciting or entertaining to watch somebody go in and out of the batter's box 50 times at one and bat. One and bat can take 20 minutes. That's not exciting. But at the end of the day what they're doing right now with the pitch clock and what they're doing with the shift I believe will add some excitement to the game. Um with that being said though, a, a historic franchise, like talking to you, they had some of the some of your favorite players from the 70s and the early 80s on their team and that would be the, o- the, the Oakland Athletics. Um are pondering a move out of the Oakland area that they've been for a while into Las Vegas. Um and and that I know that that, that kind of told on some heartstrings for you because like I said you have a, a tie to them. Um, so what would you you know what would you think about that if they moved from Oakland out to Vegas? I mean, what would you think about that?
1: I mean, um, when I was a kid, when I was a young kid in the '70s, um, the Oakland A's field um, a team of all stars. Um, it was also an all star at every position. Um, they had some of the most um greatest and arc um iconic um players in Major League Baseball history on it. And I can remember them winning three straight World Series, and I must have been, like I said, I was really young. Um, it's one of the greatest teams of that that I ever seen. Um to hear them moving um the baseball team out. Of Oakland, which is a city of roughly around four hundred and thirty thousand people, um, and knowing how uh, rabid that fan base is for the A's as well as the the Raiders, um, it's just troublesome to me. Um, I, I I I hate to hear that. I know how it is um, for a community to be robbed of its team because it happened to me when Cleveland my, my Cleveland Browns left in the 90s um, and, and I know um, that they, this has got to be really really heartbreaking to them
0: yeah I mean but ultimately like, like I said um, when we were talking before um, kind of pre-show that I think it's a it's a sign of demographic I mean I think it's a sign of um, the sports city that that is there, you know, like how much um, do fans, you know, are, are they really there? And, you know, in the infrastructure, I mean, you got, you know, they don't have any money. I mean, they got the worst stadium in baseball. I mean, Vegas is offering them all type of opportunity. I know they're going to build a great stadium out there. Like they said, it has to be a retractable dome because of the temperature in the summer. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't see the downside to them moving to Vegas outside of them leaving Oakland uh, and, and here, they're not the first team to leave Oakland. I mean, the Warriors left now they're, they're over across the bridge. And, you know, the, the Raiders are gone. They went to Vegas and now the A's will go to Vegas. You know I mean? And I just think that that's a sign of um, the city and, and, and kind of where it's at, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Oakland, I mean, um, the Warriors knew they had to move. I mean, you know, if, if they wanted to to build Chase, uh, was it Chase um, Chase Stadium or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they, they knew they couldn't build that in Oakland. They had to build it over across the bridge. And, and then that's just what it is. I know that, that to me that bridge is, like, symbolic, you know, the money is over there and the struggle is on the other side, you know. Right. I mean?
1: if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that the Warriors were in San Francisco, um, before um, where the A's have always been a part of Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that is different in that way. Um, also, um, when you're talking about owners or ownership, um, you know, when we're talking about dollars and cents. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that plays a big part in this. Um, you know, Oakland is a city that um has long stood against taxpayer money going to build a stadium for owners. Um and I, I admire that in some ways. Um that why should they, they divert tax money, um property tax money away from the school systems or the roads or wherever it would leave a d um a deficit in. Um, To me, that's the quandary. I look at, again, my experience um, being a Cleveland Brown fan. And the reason that they left was because of the lack of participation from city council and the government here in Cleveland to build or to furnish them a new stadium, Mm -hmm. which Baltimore was willing to do.
0: They had to do it.
1: Right. Well, holding... the question be, begins to be Are the teams beholden to the city that they've prospered in and their fans, or are they only beholden to freebies and which is ultimately welfare to the rich to me?
0: But I, I don't view it that way. I just view it as opportunity. I mean, it's opportunity for the fans as well. Now, it's not the fans of Oakland, obviously. The Oakland people are not in Vegas, but at the same time, if the franchise has better opportunities in Vegas, and I mean, you both know they're going to have they're going to be better funded out there. They're going to have a better stadium out there, and whoever the, the, their fans are going to make the trip. They 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 just are. You know, what I mean, like like the Raiders fans made the trip um, to Vegas. I mean, it's not down the street, but again, they made the trip. So all I'm saying is that I don't really see the downside from a team that plays in the most dilapidated stadium in major league baseball. That makes no sense at all. Like, why wouldn't you go to Vegas? You know, they're going to show them a good time. You know, they're going to make a spectacle out of it. Um, you know, like if you had anything, any type of semblance of getting back to relevancy, that would be it. And the A's have, the A's have been had done a pretty good job, like of um, of fielding a, a semi-competitive team over the past decade. So it's not, it's not like you know they wouldn't be able to use the bump that they would get from playing in the Vegas. You know what I'm saying? I mean, playing in Vegas, I mean, that I means big time. I mean, just just look at the Raider Stadium, for instance. I mean, that stadium is state of the art. And I guarantee you that the A's stadium is going to be state of the art. It's, it's going to be it's going to be a nice venue, and I think that you know the players would like to that would like that would like to deserve that, and um, their fans. I mean, their fan they're not going to lose the fans like the the fans. If you were an Oakland A's fan all your life, you're still going to be an Oakland A's fan. Your, your and see, I, I, I find,
1: what right, I find that statement not to be true because I like I said I have lived it. Um. No, um, I I never turned into a Baltimore Raven fan. Um, that was never going to happen. That was never going to happen in my eyes. So,
0: but what that had happened? Hey, hold on. If, but what that had happened if the Browns didn't come back?
1: No, it never would have happened. It literally never would have happened. No scenario. Never. There, there is no scenario in my mind that. I could ever see myself rooting for the Baltimore Ravens or for a, a football team that left here to go to Baltimore. Let's put it like that. No, there's no way. Yeah. and I it's mean, a matter yeah, of fact just, that's, just, not, just, that's not the the A's. Well, here let me give you a little history of Oakland too, though. Okay, um, Al Davis had been he he had been. using the Raiders and the fandom that started in Oakland, which Mm -hmm. is huge. The the Oakland Raiders are one of the most storied franchises in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And they were and always have been. But the city of Oakland is what put that they started it Oh, the Raiders is theirs. Yeah, it's the same thing with the A's. But okay, the A's. What the A's saying,
0: if what you're saying is true, I don't understand why are the Raiders in Vegas then?
1: The Raiders are in Vegas now because Vegas would build a stadium for them.
0: So why wouldn't Oakland do it? If they if they if they care so much about their Raiders, the Raiders mm-hmm. are such of a cultural, you know stampede
1: but the culture the culture that the city of oakland is going to miss out on the downtown district the the small businesses right around the stadium they deserve all of that fandom because they're the ones that created the whole franchise
0: i understand but Without you know,
1: them, they them. have nothing.
0: If you were an operator, if you were an operator, you would jump at the opportunity to go to Vegas. I mean, here, why would you stay in dusty Oakland, and you could go to Vegas and get and 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 build your whole legacy over there? It just so, makes no sense.
1: So that's that's like the argument. Well, well, why would you stay in Cleveland? Why are the Cavs here? Why, why are the, why are, um, why are the commanders in Washington? Um, why, why is there a football team in new Orleans?
0: Here, I mean, well, well okay, I mean, but you brought the Browns up as an example. So bringing the Browns up, you, we can argue to say that the Browns are in Baltimore. These ain't the Browns. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, here, I mean, ever since 99, that team has no soul. You know it don't. You know it has no soul. None. Zero. So what? Now what? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I'm just telling you that it made it, it's, it's more plausible to me by the day that if I was an A's ownership, I would try to move the team to Vegas so for better, like I said, for better opportunity, better, better visibility, everything. If they came with tax breaks, so be it. Because I'm telling you, if Oakland ain't gonna give you no support at all, especially if my team got taken from me, I don't have no sympathy for the city of Oakland. I ain't with no sympathy for for me in Cleveland. They're losing every team they have. They have no team.
1: Uh, what do you want me to say behind that? Nothing. Right. Nothing I, that's not the You're way. That's
0: not,
1: That's not the way that i view sports teams.
0: But they're going to Vegas.
1: Because they have been supported, both of those teams, Mm -hmm. the Oakland A's and the Raiders, have been supported by that fan base since they began playing professional sports there. Yeah. So, therefore, they have built the wealth that the ownership groups there have.
0: I mean, they, they did, but every sports team does that though. Every city of a sports team builds the wealth of the team that they host. I mean, I, I understand that, but so I, I don't understand like that argument. Like, yeah, of course. Okay,
1: so wealth. so how much how much wealth do you need? Well, that, I mean, I don't under no no. The question you need is
0: every dollar. That's what I'm saying. Like every dollar. Like, you don't need some of the dollars. You want every dollar. Every
1: so. Dollar. In both of those situations, they have billionaire owners. Yes. Right? Yeah. That will not make the stadiums or arenas Mm -hmm. in a certain area Mm -hmm. because they don't get tax abatement, which is welfare for the rich. And there's another city out there that will build me a brand new stadium for free. So, so if that's your calculus for this, I, I don't it know makes no sense simple. to be a fan. I don't It know makes no sense simple. to be a fan.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's that simple. I, I believe comes yeah, okay. down to the opportunity. Like I said, if the opportunities are not in Oakland, then why are they there? You see what I'm saying? If, the opportunity, if it's more opportunity in Vegas, why wouldn't you take your franchise that you paid for a franchise and you were a billionaire owner, why wouldn't you take that possibility out to the desert? If you're going to double what you can make, that makes zero sense. Just for the sake of staying in Oakland, because you've always been in Oakland, nobody really care about that. It, it, um, Art Modell didn't care. No, even wait, hold
1: on, no, it's not that no one cares about it. it, it that's not a true statement, son. Who cares? There are about people it? that care passionately about
0: it. Yeah, but the people I'm talking about the people, the powers that be, though. The powers that be care about the dollar. They don't care about, oh, yeah, I know the history. They've been here all these years. I know this. I know that. I understand that. But they're going to go wherever that dollar goes. And that dollar is in Vegas. It's not in Oakland. You can just look at Oakland. It ain't in Oakland. That's the reason, like I said, the Warriors left. Everybody left. They gone. So, in other news, um, you know, I know we talked about this. And I hear I've always said I'm not the biggest UFC fan. Nope. Um, you know, I, I watch from time to time, but not the biggest one. But I thought that it was a pretty big accomplishment. You know, just watching John Jones go up to the heavyweight division and still be able to dominate. It's like every time I see his name like on a on the headline while I scroll on ESPN or something, he's always winning. No, but you know, I mean, there's always some controversy. Like, you know, maybe you know illegal case or drugs, something like that. It's always something, but he always wins. I mean, I mean, is that amazing to you or is it just him doing what he do, I guess?
1: Oh, it's absolutely amazing. Um, And I want to, I, I'm going to go ahead and explain how amazing it is in my best way. And hopefully you all be able to follow me. We're talking about a guy that's 35 years old that hasn't fought in three years. We're also talking about a guy that's had his run-ins with the law that's led to him being suspended. Then he has a, he's a, he has a drug addiction problem, which has led him to be suspended. So we're talking about a guy that's 35 years old, and during his time, um, fighting in in MMA. He's been suspended multiple times and came back and won.
0: Multiple times.
1: Multiple times. I
0: mean, well, here, I, I'm just like I said, just by reading, his only loss was disqualification.
1: Absolutely. That was it. Yes. And his fights are not close. Yeah. Uh, he has dominated that sport since he started participating in it. And it's absolutely amazing that he has had all of these scenarios and situations in his life, and he's overcome them every time to become oh, yeah. the champion yeah. that he is.
0: Even and, like, and, So 35 is old in UFC world. Is, is that what it is, or is 35 still – young enough to do what you need to do
1: um the best way for me to equate it is boxing and a 35 year old boxer of course he still um he doesn't have the reflexes and and you know the flexibility that he did when he was younger um so yes i mean that is amazing that you got a 35 year old that can that took off for three years, hasn't fought in three years, set back into the ring and become the heavyweight champion of the world like that. That's amazing. I mean, you're 40.
0: Exactly.
1: You know, right, man, so, so man. therefore, oh, no, nah,
0: well, I'm man. just saying, I mean, you know, you, uh, man, 30, come on, man. man. Okay. Wait, 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 time out. For the record, guys, I'll be I'll be forty. Ain't
1: forty. You'll yet, be forty. I'll well, be 40. 40. Well, I wasn't giving away your age then. How's that? But no, you know that you get little aches that you didn't get before and all of this and all that. And you know it's a difference between being 20 and being 35. And, that you know.
0: Yeah, because you know I run every morning. I'm telling you. Some days I wake up and my hip just don't it just don't, I don't know. It don't do what it do, man. Sometimes I wake up, it just ain't right.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Sometimes my foot go the other way. I'd be like, what's going on, man?
1: Sometimes your thinking goes the same way.
0: Hey, say, <laughs> see what yes, I'm talking about, this. <laughs> We always end up at this. <laughs> we always end up at this. At this pass,
1: right. Yeah,
0: we always end up at this. Parent, but I mean, here, hey, Dad, man. Here, I, I know, you know, th- that's what I was just thinking about as I was reading through the notes, man. But um, like I said, it's, um, I knew this show would be a blast. I knew I would, you know, have fun, um, you know, putting this together with you. Um, I always have fun um, putting this show together with you. Um, Anybody um that's out there watching, um, just subscribe, guys, because we're definitely, uh, my dad, you know, he has me focused. We're going to come to you guys, you know, every Tuesday uh, with a live show um podcast will come that evening so um, there will be a podcast based on this show that will come out um like i said this evening and um you know just be more content to come um that because i know i want to dig into your um mental rolodex about like the historical nba historical nfl like all time things you know like like what you think about certain things and we're going to bring in guests um that can also speak to that as well um so that we can have a you know a pretty pretty big discussion um about those things and um you know those are the conversations i always love to have with you um even like back in the day and i still would like to have them with you going forward so um if all saying is if all is the same to you um i would say that we'll be good until next tuesday
1: absolutely man and everybody out there thank you for um for allowing us to come into your households and to your vehicles and to be for you all to um, give us some attention and and some likes please and we love you Um, we appreciate you and we're going to try our very best to do the best we possibly can so you take care and god bless
0: brought to you by create2media it's the father-son talk sports show
1: And see, we were talking about John Jones. You had cut me a little short.
0: Yeah, I did.
1: No, let me tell you why. <laughs> see, you remember that conversation we had earlier this morning?
0: Uh-huh.
1: About about uh, uh little Paul- hmm John Jones ain't never had that problem.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know, <laughs> You don't know that though. You don't know. No, I know he did that. Come on, man. He, he might have
1: apple taken. You never know. You know, he might he might have got bullied in school. You don't know. Man, come on, man. he might have got the first bullying, but that was it.
0: And then something snapped. He's like, wait a, minute,
1: "Wait a minute!" And then something snapped and said, "No, nah, no, nah, no, 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 no." Maybe his dad whipped his butt when he got his butt whipped or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but see, he's just that man. When he stepped into the arena.